Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from Pastor Nathan Lang. Thinking about this being our nine-year church anniversary, uh, we've come a long way. Um, Started out in, in, in a house and ended up going into a banquet hall. And we're there for four years, and uh, then we ended up coming here. This coming May, we will be here five years. We will be here longer than we were at the banquet hall. <clears throat> in nine years, a lot's, a lot's happened. A lot's happened in nine years. In nine years, uh, some of us have gotten bigger. Um, some of us have gotten uglier. Some of us have gotten... No. Uh, but in nine years, a lot has happened. Uh, there's some people who are with us who are not with us now for whatever reason. There's people with us now that wasn't with us back then. Uh, and, and that's just how it goes sometimes. But if there's one thing that I want to do and, and that I am called to do as the pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church, it is to oversee and make sure that the doctrine that is brought forth from this church is sound doctrine. And that has been my, my goal through the years. Um, <clears throat> let me say that uh, we are ma- man, so uh, anything uh, that, you know, that we say, you know, we make mistakes, we do. Preachers make mistakes. Uh, everyone makes mistakes, except for the Lord, obviously. Uh, but uh, but it, it is definitely a high priority uh, to make sure that all the Sunday school teachers, all the junior church messages, uh, any, any guest speaker I have in, I can't speak on behalf of all of them and, and determine everything that they believe, but the reality is, uh, I do give a, a, a part account for that. If, if I have a guest speaker in and they're not preaching sound doctrine, then I have to answer for that. Uh, and so it's one thing that I want to make sure, and at our nine-year anniversary, I want to make sure that our church is grounded in sound doctrine. And the title of the message today is True or False Doctrine? True or False Doctrine? And so uh, I've got, you'll see there about five uh, points on your on your. Uh, page there. And, uh, and that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about and preach on the subject of doctrine. But, but here's the thing. We're at a point, we're at a point in Christianity where people don't care if you can back it up with Bible. Their feelings, their desires, their emotions override what scripture says. They don't follow Christ. They follow self. And that is, that's, you're going to find, that's what Paul's talking about in a, in, a, in a nutshell in the verses we're about to read. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Here it is. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. For thy diligence, excuse me, do thy, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. 
Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray that you would give me the words to say. I pray that I would speak with boldness. I pray that when we leave here today, we would, we would see the presence of God and that we would be convicted of whatever it is we need to do. And Lord, I ask for your blessing upon this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Down through the years, it's been part of, part of my job as, as, as the shepherd to keep away wolves. And sometimes people want to come in and sometimes those wolves, last week I preached the message entitled, Don't Drink the Kool-Aid. Get on and, and, and get it. And I, I gave you a little bit of the background of Jim Jones back, back when he got uh, almost a thousand people to drink cyanide Kool-Aid. How do you get to that point? Well, can I say this, that it is my job and, and, and I do not want to offend anyone in here today, but I am going to expose some, some, uh, some people that maybe you like on the, on the TV and, uh, and I'm going to preach a little bit and give you a little bit of an insight on what some of them believe. You see, if we're not grounded in sound doctrine, we will be tossed about with any wave of doctrine. If we don't know what the scripture says, then somebody can get on the internet, you can listen to people, you can watch that, that person who just waxes eloquent, who is just a great orator, and they can get on there and they can preach something, and it can be completely false doctrine, but if you don't know any better, you're going to accept it for what it is. And I don't, want, I don't want you to do that. Now, let, let me tell you here today, I, I don't have an axe to grind. I'm not here trying to make anybody mad. Uh, but there's a, I'll never forget it. Uh, uh, years ago, when I was a young preacher, and uh, when I was in the beginning stages of my pastorate, I remember hitting on Joel Osteen quite a bit. And, and I would, you know, not trying to be hobby horsing him, but the fact that he, uh, he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I, hold on to your seats. I told you, I'm not trying to make you mad, but I'll never forget this. I remember somebody getting so upset with me because I preached against their favorite TV preacher, Joel Osteen. And when they left, they met me in the parking lot. And I said, I said, uh, what's going on? I, I can tell you're, you've got some issues. And they said, oh yeah. They said, I'm out of here. I'm going to Joel Osteen's church. And I thought, you, you missed. You thought I was trying to just tear him down. I said, I'm trying to get you to, to realize uh, where he stands. Uh, he has, uh, you know, Joel Osteen has some things that he preaches that is right. And you know what? There's a lot of prayer. Do, do you realize this? I was, I was hitting on Jim Jones last week. Do you realize that Jim Jones had some things right? He had some things right. But there's some things that you don't cross the line on. And there's some points where we're going to break fellowship if if your doctrine is not where, where it is, is completely off in those ways. Uh, but, uh, but thinking about it, his, uh, his uh, salvation by faith, Joel Osteen stuff, uh, uh, did you know his doctrine is, his doctrine is actually rooted in, uh, in Pentecostalism? That, that's, his, that's part of his roots. And, and if, you, if you listen to his doctrine, if you're, if you're and I, I say this respectfully, if you're educated in the Bible, when you listen to his doctrine, uh, you will see that. You will see that coming out in, in what that portrays. Uh, but that the name it and claim theology, you know, the barrier is your mind. If you can just think it, then you'll be able to accomplish it. Rid yourself of all the small thinking. And uh, in other words, uh, make increase in your own thinking and God will bring it to pass. This whole, this whole uh, you know, uh, this prosperity gospel thing that, that, that God wants you to be rich and God wants you to, you know, all those sort of things. And can I, can I say this? That may sound good to the poor person, but that's not what the scripture says. It's not. I was looking up different people. I don't listen to all these people, but I was looking up the 700 Club, Kenneth Copeland. He lives in a $6 million house. 
Their empire has five jets. One of them costs $17.5 million. And uh, I wrote down his quote because I think you'll really like this. He thanked his followers of Jesus for buying all of that for him. Now, can I say that not all, not all preachers are bad. Not all TV evangelists are bad. I don't have a hobby horse here today on this thing. But and listen, not all of them are so far off to the left on their doctrine. Some of them, it's some moral failures that they have not taken care of. I think of Pat Robertson, the, the 700 Club. Kenneth Copeland's not 700 Club, I don't think. Pat Robertson uh, is. And uh, Now, let me say this. Uh, I have friends who were saved back yesteryear from watching the 700 Club. But I'll tell you right now, if you listen to Pat Robertson and you buy into his doctrine, I'm telling you, you are following a false prophet. You are following false doctrine. He said, it's okay. Now, I watched, an, I watched a video on Pat Robertson. He said this. Somebody called in and said, uh, my wife has Alzheimer's. Is it okay that I divorce her? He said, and this is what he said. Get on YouTube and watch it. You'll see it with his own voice. He gets on there. He says, uh, your wife, if she's got Alzheimer's, she's gone already. Divorce her. Now, I'm just trying to tell you, you get on there and they tell you this amazing story of this little orphan that found a daddy and, you know, all that. You know, they tell you all these amazing stories. Can I encourage you to get, if you're going to listen to somebody online, if you're going to listen to somebody, period, you need to find out what their doctrine's all about. You need to do it. Now, I'm not spending the whole message talking about all these people. I don't want to waste your time with it. Uh, but the reality is there are a lot, a lot of people who listen to this stuff. You know, it's amazing that Paul, out of, out of the 27 books in the, in the New Testament, 13 of them were written by Paul. And I know people say uh, maybe he wrote Hebrews and maybe he didn't write as many. But the reality is Paul is responsible for writing almost half of the New Testament. And out of half of those books... In almost all, almost all of his books, he's in there warning about false doctrine, about false prophets, about people who are going to bring you doctrine uh, that is not sound doctrine. And so if Paul would warn about this, I would say that it's a very, very big deal that we need to realize that today there are a lot of people that are preaching false doctrine. One TV preacher says that God eternally exists in three manifestations, not in three persons. Another TV preacher says that God knows some aspects of the future, but that other future events are outside of his knowledge. Another TV preacher, and I'm not giving you these names, you can look it up. Uh, another TV preacher says that because we are created in the image of God, we are little gods. Mormonism says God revealed new scripture to Joseph Smith, and super, that that supersedes the Bible. Roman Catholicism says that we are justified by faith, but not by faith alone. Muhammad, Islam, claimed that he received direct revelation from God, claimed he was the last prophet without showing any biblical proof of that. He married a nine-year-old girl when he was in his adulthood. He was a womanizer. I'm telling you, these are people that, you know, when they come by and knock on your door, they're not going to tell you these things. But you, like I've always told you, church, do your research. Do your research. It's so quiet in here. Now, I'm going to get it right into the message now because I, I want to help you today. I don't want to just get up here and, oh, this preacher's bad and I'll stay away from this preacher. What I'm trying to tell you is if you're going to listen to them and, and buy into their doctrine, you need to know what they're about. You need to know their background. You need to know where they stand on, on doctrine, on doctrinal issues. What, what issues? The Trinity, the virgin birth, eternal security, the way to heaven, 
Jesus made it very, very clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Very, very clear. That's why Muhammad is not the way or a way. That's why Joseph Smith is not a way. That's why good works is not a way to heaven. Jesus made it very clear. <clears throat> no wonder then that John tells us to try or test the spirits. And Paul says, prove all things. Test everything is what he was saying in 1 Thessalonians 5.21. It's our, it's, our, it's our responsibility to examine every doctrine to determine if it is true or false. Can I tell you, I want to encourage you, don't just take the doctrine that I tell you at face value. Go home and look in the Bible and research it and study it and find out, like the Berean church, whether those things are so. We need to be studied. You know, that's exactly why our country is in the shape that it's in and that it was in the shape that it was in for, the, for those eight years is the reality of people are not informed. We need to be informed. We need to know what's going on. We need to know what saith the Lord. Putting a doctrine to the test is the best way to determine if it is true or false. As we test the doctrine, we learn our responsibility toward it. We either hold to it or we reject it. And so I want you to see, number one, as we get into, into it today, number one, I want you to see uh, the examination of <coughs> origin. The examination of origin. We're going to examine five different areas because I want you to know, hey, how do I know if I can trust this doctrine? How do I know if this person's right? Well, rather than just saying, oh, I don't listen to these preachers, I want to give you some biblical guidelines to follow to say, hey, you know what? That guy's not right. And here's why. Does that make sense? So the first test is the test of, the first examination is examination of origin. Sound doctrine originates with God. False doctrine originates with someone or something created by God. The Apostle Paul went to great lengths to convince the church in Galatia that the gospel he taught was not his own, but God's. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 11, the Bible says, but I, cert but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Even Jesus was clear that he taught only what God instructed him to teach. In John chapter 7 and verse 16, the Bible says, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. See, even Jesus Christ did not take credit for his doctrine. He pointed to the Father. I'm preaching what God gave me to give you. And can I say here today that that's what we are to do in these pulpits. That's what we're to do in the Sunday school classes. That's what we're to do in the junior church classes and, 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 and messages. True doctrine originates with the God who is true. Titus 1-2 says this, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. The Bible clearly says that God cannot lie. So when a false doctrine or a false prophet is presented to you or comes to you, the reality is we got to determine, okay, so they're saying something that's contrary to the mind of God, to what God says. So either God is a liar or this man is a liar. So we know that the scripture tells us in, in Titus chapter 1 that God cannot lie. So who is the liar? Does that make sense? I don't mean to, I don't mean to, uh, to oversimplify this thing. I'm not trying to insult anyone's intelligence in here today. Uh, but the reality is it's simple. Sound teaching, sound doctrine originates with God and false teaching originates with man. Just as true doctrine is marked by its divine origin, false doctrine is marked, marked by its worldly origin. 
Paul warned the Colossian church to avoid doctrine that is in according to human precepts and teachings and told Timothy that some would depart from the faith by devoting themselves to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And can I say this in our text in 2 Timothy? Here, please, if you, if you ever were going to sleep on me, please don't sleep on me today. You need, you need to get hold of this today if you don't already. But here's the thing. In 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, the time of my departure is at hand. He knew that, it, okay, this is it. And he tells, he, tells, uh, he tells Timothy, he says, get here as fast as you can, because I don't know how much time we've got. And he was ready. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. He said, I'm ready. Henceforth, there's a laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And he's ready for this. And he knows what's about to happen. And he's trying to urge Timothy. He said, listen, there's coming a time here where they're not going to endorse sound doctrine. And what he's saying is, listen, there's going to be a time when you preach it and they don't accept it like they did back in the 70s. They're not going to accept it in a way that they once did. You know why? Because people, people love, they love, they love to be entertained. I'm not, let me just tell you something. I joke and I cut up every once in a while. I know that. Maybe sometimes too much. But I'm not in the entertaining business. If I was in the entertaining business, I would get paid way more money. No, listen, I'm not here. It's not my job. It's not my desire to be funny to you all the time. Go listen to John Christ if you want to do that. If you want to go listen to a comedian if you want. Don't come here and expect me to put on a show. And oh, preacher, if you don't use an illustration, then I can't get anything out of it. And preacher, if you're not running around the pews and I can't get anything out of it, hey, you know what? Maybe the Holy Spirit gets in me and says, hey, go ahead and do that once in a while. But the reality is, that's not what I'm here to do. We need to be able to come in here and say amen to the sound doctrine that the preacher is preaching. You shouldn't have to have the strobe lights. You shouldn't have to have the smoke fog. You shouldn't have to have the people waving back and forth and getting all Pentecostal on you in order for you to get filled with the Spirit. You ought to be able to come in here and say, Amen. And the reality is, we come to church to amen what we already know is true. Because we're supposed to be in our Bibles, not just in here. It's simple. Sound teaching originates with God and false teaching originates with men or demons. When it comes to doctrine, if man made it, then we should not hold it. God is the father of truth and Satan is the father of lies, the Bible says. So, does this doctrine originate with God or has it been fabricated by someone or someone else? This leaves us with an obvious question. How can we know the origin of the doctrine? Sometimes its origin is obvious, but more often it's not. And when we are uncertain... We can turn our, to our second examination. Number two, the examination of authority. I said, number one, the examination of origin. Number two, we got to look at the examination of authority. Number one, where does it come from? Number two, the second uh, examination here, uh, sound doctrine grounds its authority within the Bible. False doctrine grounds its authority outside of the Bible. The Bible is God's inerrant, infallible, sufficient, complete, and authoritative revelation of himself to humanity. 
Doctrines that originate in the mind of God are recorded in the Word of God. There is a clear and necessary correlation between origin and authority, between God and His Word. We can think here of those uh, Bereans who in Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. They didn't go home just trying to prove the preacher wrong. No, they went home and said, all right, now this is what the preacher says. Now let's go home and let's apply it. Okay, so it is what the Bible says. So if the preacher said it, God revealed it, uh, God, God laid it down for us, man, uh, the preacher preached it. All right, now we've got to go home and we've got to apply this thing in our lives. We've got to bring it home. <clears throat> they knew that all doctrines must be compared to God's word, his source of truth. So if you're going to compare a doctrine, you know, it's amazing to me how many of these fake sayings are on Facebook and everybody shares them and, and guilt you into sharing them uh, and, and they're not even scripture. Can I, can I say this? When I got saved, there was a lot of things that I had to get out of my life. Some of them being, some of them being false things that I was taught about the Bible. You say, wait a minute, you got saved and you had to rid your mind of things that you were taught? Yeah, that's right. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. We were somewhat religious. We had the family Bible like most homes did. We didn't know what it said or what, you know. We knew that there was Ten Commandments, but we couldn't quote any of them. Hey, can I say that we've got to make sure, you know, there's a lot of things that I was taught growing up, and I say this respectfully, I'm not trying to, to twist anybody's feathers here today, but here's the reality, there were some things that my grandpa, who was the greatest Christian man I ever knew, that he was off in some doctrines, not in eternal security or anything like that, but there was some, uh, he, believed, he believed in soul sleeping, he believed that once you, once you, when, when you go to sleep, that you're sleeping until the Lord comes back, he was taught a doctrine, that, that, that hey, I believe once, once you take your last breath here, you wake up in the presence of Jesus Christ. That was a doctrine that, listen, though my grandpa believed that, we, we agree to disagree. So what am I saying? That I, I don't just follow everything that everybody throws on my plate. I want to know what's in it. What's in it? You, you cook something for me, I, I may not ask you what's in it, but I, I promise you I'll be thinking it, what's in it. <laughs> the examination of authority. Sound doctrine originates in the mind of God and is recorded in his authoritative self-revelation, the Bible. So, does this doctrine appeal to the Bible, appeal to the Bible for its authority, or does it appeal to another scripture or another mind? But here's the concern. Because two teachers may both claim the authority of the Bible while teaching very different things. How can we know uh, those interpretation that that interpretation is correct? This is where we turn to the third examination, the, the, the examination of consistency. The third examination is of consistency. Sound doctrine is consistent with the whole scripture. Are you with me? Don't, don't miss this here. False doctrine is inconsistent with some parts of Scripture. 
There's a sameness of familiarity to, to true doctrine and a strangeness or unfamiliarity to false doctrine. The man who wrote the letter to the Hebrews warned his congregation about diverse and strange teachings. Be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines. While Paul warned Timothy about accepting different doctrine in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Both meant to emphasize that doctrine must always be compared to the established, accepted body of truth truth. Those who are knowledgeable about the body of truth will be in the best position to immediately identify and refute what is false. So in other words, this is what I'm trying to say. Keep your nose in this Bible. Know this Bible from front to cover. Know it, know it, know it. And so when somebody gets up there and they start preaching uh, on false doctrine that you can lose your salvation, listen, you're going to be able to take them to some verses in the book of Romans and to 1 John. You can take them to some different places and say, uh-uh, that's false. This, this is why. That's ah, not a big deal. You just go to church when you can get there. It's okay. Well, wait a minute. That's not what this says. That's not what this says. Ah, you know what? You just, you just, you just be the best person you can be, you know, and you just, you'll, you'll be okay. No, we've got to make sure that we're basing our lives and the principles that we live in which are from the Word of God. Draw principles from the Bible. There can be no contradiction in the mind of God. There can be no contradiction in the revelation of God. This is tied to a key theological principle, the, the, the analogy of faith, which is uh, often explained with the phrase, Scripture interprets Scripture. If the Bible originates in the infallible mind of God, it must be consistent throughout. Does that make sense? That's why we have a big problem. We've been preaching through the book of James, and in the book of James, the Bible says, faith without works is dead. And there's some other verses in there uh, that people take, and they try to say, oh, see here, you can lose your salvation. Well, listen to me now. That is not congruent to the rest of the Scripture. So you mean to tell me that you can take this book that by and large through the whole thing is God's love letter to man, God's, God's revelation to man. And we can see here uh, throughout this book that it is very, very clear that he says, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So what I'm trying to say here is this, that if that verse says that there's only one way to heaven, it's through Jesus Christ, it's through faith, it's not through any works. And over here, you try to take James and try to say that, oh, see here, you got to work your way to get there. Listen, they're not congruent. Uh, they're not not they don't fit together. Listen, so therefore, one of them is not interpreted right. <clears throat> you know, Martin Luther, he, boy, I tell you what, he had so much flack off of the book of James. When he, Martin Luther got a lot of things right. He nailed that thesis to the wall. Boy, he was walking proud. And they'd always bring up James chapter 2 to him. And he couldn't properly, from what I could see, could not properly refute the verse. <clears throat> Any true doctrine must be consistent with the whole of Scripture. Don't forget that. Doctrine must never be treated in isolation, but always in light of a correct understanding of the entire Bible. Too many false teachers isolate verses or ideas that cannot withstand the, the scrutiny of the, of the whole Bible. I don't want to keep referring back to it, but last week when I was talking about Jim Jones, he had those people so snowed, they were so foolish, I say that respectfully. They believed that he was a prophet. They believed that he was, he told them that he was an agnostic and that he was God. Talk about confusion. And they believed this. Do you know why? 
It happens when this is not promoted anymore. And you are seeing a trend in America. Now, I'm, let, me, let me just hit one more thing real quick, and, and hopefully I won't make uh, all of you... I don't, it doesn't matter. We, um, well. We've had a lot of people come over here from Crossroads in Oakley through the years. Not one of them... Said, now, let, now, now, stay with me here. We've seen... Three people, I've seen three people saved and baptized in our baptistry who they said they were sitting in the recliner chairs, whatever it is they have over there. And someone walked up to them and said, hey, do you want to get baptized? Hey, come with me. They had no clue what they were doing. They had no idea what was going on. And they think that they're going to heaven because I'll tell you, you'd be better off to, to, to have no hope of God than have a false hope. Because at least with no hope, you will still search something and hopefully get the right thing. Where if you're given a false hope, you think you've got a free ticket ride to heaven. And you're going to stand before him as the book of John says, depart from me, I never knew you. Every person I've ever talked to who goes to the Crossroads franchise Every one of them says, I say, I say, do you have a Bible? No, they ask me for Bibles. Oh, they, we don't carry Bibles over there. Dangerous place when the preacher of any church says, all right, now close your Bible up. Unless he's at the end of the message, then you say, amen. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous, dangerous when somebody says, close your Bible up, let me tell you what it says. Dangerous. Religions all over the country do it just because they bear a great smile and they tell you some good stories. But you walk out of there thinking, did they even share the Bible? It's a dangerous, dangerous place, church. So, is this doctrine established or refuted by the entirety of Scripture? So, in other words, don't compare what you think you know about it. You compare it with Scripture. Let the Scripture speak for itself. The Bible says a lot about itself, that it's quicker and powerful, than any sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to a vine or asunder of soul and spirit. Once we have tested doctrine and found it to be true, according to these three criteria, we can also see its soundness by its effects on us and those around us. That requires two more tests. Let's look at number four, the examination of spiritual growth. Are you with me okay today? <clears throat> the examination of spiritual growth. The fourth area is, is this area. Sound doctrine is beneficial for spiritual health. False doctrine leads to spiritual weakness. After instructing Timothy, Paul told him in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Timothy had trained himself in the Bible and Christian doctrine. He had nourished himself in the truths he had been exposed to since he was a child, and he had never stopped. Though uh, Through the continual nourishment, this ongoing dining on the Word of God, he had grown spiritually healthy and strong. He had communicated a thorough knowledge of God and His Word. This is why Paul called uh, him a man of God with sincere faith. 
faith in 1 Timothy chapter 6. The reality is Timothy uh, had that upbringing where he was continually nurtured and brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, of the Word of God. And that is what our country is missing today. We're trying to take God and be politically correct and move it out because it might offend somebody. Well, listen, we need to inject the Word of God back into our lives because the last I checked, when God was at the forefront of our country, we were doing a whole lot better then. Timothy's constant nourishment and sound doctrine from the Word of God made him the man he was. Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine makes spiritually healthy, mature, knowledgeable Christians. False doctrine makes spiritually unhealthy, immature, ignorant Christians who may, be, who may not even be Christians at all. I said the examination of spiritual growth, and I want you to see number five. Examination of godly living. <clears throat> the last test here of godly living, sound doctrine has value for godly living. False doctrine leads to ungodly living. Doctrine is always meant to lead to worship and purposeful living. Paul says all scripture is breathed by God. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Scripture is not to be known in an abstract sense, but intimately. It is to inform not only our minds, but our hearts and our hands as well. It's not just, hey, I'm a Christian. Hey, you're a Christian, but let's see it. Let's prove it. As, as in the book of James says, hey, let's put, let's put feet to our faith. Let's put action to our faith. Scripture is not to be known as a, just something you did one time. It's who you are. Truth has not been grasped until it has been lived. You can tell me you're a Christian all day long, but there's going to be some fruit the Bible talks about in the book of John that's going to be evidenced as, as a result of you being saved. It doesn't mean that you're saved because you're showing me what you're doing, but the reality is, hey, uh, the, re the reality is that, hey, I'm saved and there's going to be some fruit that's going to come forth of that. You're going to see me in God's house. You're going to see me in the Word of God. You're going to see me talking with my Heavenly Father. You're going to see me telling others about Christ. You're going to see me being good. You're going to see me turning the other cheek. You're going to see me trying to disciple. You're going to see some of these evidences within you when you are serving Jesus Christ. It's something you can't help but want to do. But what happens is we get so callous or we get so backward that, hey, I I can't do that. Listen to me now. Uh, if you look at the gifts of the Spirit, you're, you're not going to find soul winning in there because it's not a gift. It's a command. There's a lot of things. Oh, I can't do that. I don't have that gift. Well, it's probably not even a gift. It's just you surrendering to what God has for you. Can I say that I speak the truth in love? As a pastor, I can see what you can become, but it's kind of hard when I can't get you here. It's kind of hard when there's always an excuse. It's kind of hard when, oh, well, I've got this to do. It's kind of hard when there's always an activity. There's always a function. There's always something. And we're going to stand before God. And I promise you, we're going to stand before God someday. And the reality is what most of us are going to be standing there doing is we're going to say, I'm so sorry I didn't do more. I'm so sorry I didn't do more. Titus 2.1 says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine." Truth has not been grasped until it's been lived, I said. Sound doctrine profits us by training us to live in a way that pleases God. False doctrine weakens us by training us to live in a way that dishonors God, that feeds our flesh. 
Are you pleasing God in here today with your life? Are you pleasing God today with your lifestyle? When God looks down, God Almighty, is He pleased with you? It's not going to matter how many friends you have when you stand before God. It's not going to matter uh, how much money you've accrued when you stand before God. It's not going to matter how many nights out with the guys and the girls you had. What's going to matter is how you stewarded this life that God's given you. Let me ask you, my friend, how are you stewarding everything God has entrusted you with? Your time, your talent, your treasure. How are you stewarding those At this point, we simply take all of the evidence from the three tests and make a conclusion about the quality of the doctrine in question. Sound doctrine originates with God, is recorded in the Word of God, is consistent with the whole revelation of God, and leads to both spiritual health and godly living. False doctrine originates with men or or man-made things, is, is foreign to the Word of God, is inconsistent with the whole revelation of God, and leads to spiritual weakness and ungodly living. It must pass all the tests in order to be sound. If it fails one, then it fails them all. This word sound refers to the health and appears often in the New Testament. For example, Paul instructed Timothy, follow the pattern of sound or healthy words that, have been, that you've heard from me. The task of a doctor is to evaluate a patient to declare him fit or unfit. The patient is fit for his whole body and functioning properly, free from disease. The task of the Christian is to evaluate every doctrine, declare it fit or unfit. Christian doctrine is is healthy in the same way as a human body is healthy. For Christian doctrine resembles the human body, its coordinated system consisting of different parts which relate to one another and together uh, constitute a harmonious whole. If Our theology is maimed or diseased. It is not sound or healthy. Doctrine that passes the three tests is sound doctrine. It is pure and undefiled, true according to God's unfailing standard of truth. So the evaluation based on the evidence, is this doctrine sound or false? We can't listen. You know, here's the reality. Here's the reality. We're, We're attracted to personalities. You can turn on. There are some people who just have a voice. Uh, I've I've been told that doctors have actually prescribed people to watch Bob Ross and listen to him as therapy. You can't help but walk away feeling good about yourself when you listen to Bob Ross. Am I wrong? How many of you think that, hey, man, that guy's got it. it. I know he's, he's dead. But here's the thing. Here's the problem. Bob Ross is not a preacher. Bob Ross was a painter. When you turn on, say, oh, I, I love it. I just love listening to fill in the blank. They sound so pretty. But their doctrine is junk. So you walked away feeling good about yourself. You know, I don't think a preacher should come in the pulpit and rip faces every time he comes in here and leave you, leave you here feeling just, you know, just worthless. I don't think that ought to be the case. But I also think that when he, you come into that, that, that auditorium, when you come in to hear the word of God, that there ought to be some conviction dealt out. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. <clears throat> I don't have time to get into it this morning because we're running out of time. 
But probably tonight, I'm going to hit back on it. Matthew chapter 23. Absolutely phenomenal. Jesus digs into the Pharisees. He calls them all kinds of names. <laughs> I got them all written down. He said, I believe he says, woe unto you like eight or ten times. I, I got them written down. I don't know the exact. Uh, but I mean, he, he just lays into them. I, I mean, calls them hypocrites. He calls them, uh, I, I, mean, I mean, he just, he just goes to town on them and, and all of their false stuff that they're peddling and all of their false doctrine. Hey, they're preaching this, but leaving another way. He calls them blind guides. He blind, calls them blind foals, blind men, whitewashed tombs. Uh, seven times he calls them hypocrites in that chapter alone in Matthew 23. And I'm telling you, he says, there is a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming. And you know, let me just tell you this. That little, that little sweet laid back preacher that everybody likes of Jesus, that picture of this, this feminine looking uh, uh, Jesus. I'll tell you right now that Jesus got with it. You'll find that when, when they were in the, in the temple and they were in there selling and, and, and trading and they turned it into this money making scheme. He went in there, he flipped the tables and the Bible says he took a whip and he drove, drove them out of there. Boy, man, he got angry. I promise you he didn't smile and say, you guys about to get whipped. He laid into those guys. And you'll find it in Matthew chapter 23. He call, I mean, calls them viper, calls them venomous vipers. I mean, he goes into it. Why? Because of false doctrine. That is one thing that Jesus will not tolerate in the church and in Christians. He will not tolerate and allow false doctrine to the point that he just lays into these guys. I mean, he rips them. Let a rip tater chip. Absolutely incredible. Hey, there is a time to get upset. There is a time. Hey, if somebody's preaching false doctrine, I don't mean you get up there and you scream them out. Hey, you, you, you handle that thing biblically, but you take care of them. I'll tell you right now, Jesus, Jesus didn't go. He didn't, he didn't follow the example of going and bringing a witness with him to these Pharisees in this text. We didn't need any. He had enough witnesses there. Hey, we're cleaning house. And can I say that I pray God allows me to pastor the rest of my life. That's my desire. In the past nine years, I've lost some hair. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Get my whip. We're going to drive you out now. Can't tolerate false doctrines. This is what I'm trying to say as I'm, as I'm wrapping this up. Stop feeding your mind with all kinds of trash just because it's on TV. It's got to be good. I can't tell you how many people, who, hey, I was just so blessed. I was watching, and once again, I'm not saying all TV preachers are bad. That's not what I'm saying. I believe there are some good ones out there. But I'm saying find out who they are. Don't just follow anybody blindly. Hey, when, you just, when you're bored and you start flipping on the TV and hoping to find something, let me tell you right now, you're in no spiritual state to be listening to anything spiritual from somebody on TV. Why don't you get on your face and pray, God, show me. I'm for listening to preaching. I listen to it all the time. I listened to two messages yesterday. I don't get the preaching like you get. I love preaching. But you know, it, it drives me up a wall that people come to me. Hey, uh, preacher, man, it was so great. This preacher, uh, all I did was sent in $100 and he sent me a prayer hanky that he prayed over personally. I'll give you my snot rag if you'll give me $100. <laughs> Are you that gullible? Come on. Be careful. Be careful. 
I want our church to continue on. And as long as we continue on in sound doctrine, no matter what, you know, my, my interest has never been, oh, we got to gain a hundred a year people and all this stuff, you know. Do we, do we want to grow? Yes, we do. But I would much rather stay a smaller church and have sound doctrine to be, than to be a church of a thousand and have to entertain everybody and change my doctrine so that I can keep them. That's not me. Are you interested in sound doctrine? Search whether those things are so. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.